Good evening, and welcome to a midsummer edition of the Jamie Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Nothing. Hope everybody's doing okay today. <laughs> Hopefully they are. Um, lots of good stuff. Everybody, hope everybody's having a good holiday week, and maybe you'll enjoy the road trip somewhere. Uh, hopefully you're having a long weekend somewhere this coming weekend. So happy 4th of July, everybody. Um, happy women's national team semifinal day. By the time most people are probably catching this, hopefully they can win tomorrow. Right. Rob? Oh man. Yeah. Quick aside. I was on a work call, like uh-huh. some whatever leadership team call on Friday and the senior, senior VP who was leading it started off by saying, Okay, thank you for joining me on this very important day. It's a big day for our firm and our history with the women taking on France this afternoon. <laughs> and I immediately became a big fan. This is now my new favorite vice president that I work for. So. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's really good to hear. So go, ladies, tomorrow. Um, don't forget to rate and review the Jamie Sports Blog Podcast wherever you get them. I know it's kind of annoying to do this, but it does help us. And as we get ready to head into the big season again next month, um, we'd love to have a few more ratings in there. So, uh, Rob, I don't think we don't have anything major this week. We put out a call, got some funny responses today um, on Twitter. Uh, West Virginia single game tickets go on sale next Monday, a week from today, July 8th, uh, according to West Virginia's website. And hotel and, rooms are filling up quickly from what we understand. So they get, are, get, on, get on that too. Yeah, I'm proud to say that I have a – Secured the services of a rental recreational vehicle. Oh, okay. <laughs> for this trip. And, rolling, um, rolling classy. Yeah, so we'll be joining some other dudes in the black lot. Um, tried to figure this out with West Virginia. Parking may not go, go on sale next Monday for single game parking. Uh, it depends on whether you're getting tickets with it. But for the RV parking, it looks like it could be a little later. Uh, but that's down by the Coliseum where they play basketball. Uh, that's where you can park for the weekend on a single game basis. So. Everybody, welcome to come join us if you're there. Come let us know. Um, we'll be there Friday, probably Saturday, too. Uh, we're going to introduce a new segment tonight, Rob. Um, this is our Pale Fire Brewing Company, Where Are They Now segment. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, the way this came about is we've been kind of looking, obviously, we've been looking for things to talk about during the summer, and we're always looking for good ideas. And when we saw, you mentioned last week something on the podcast about the Hall of Fame, uh, JMU Hall of Fame, the new... Yep inductees or people that were announced and um, I kind of went back and looked at the list and I saw that Corky Julian uh, from women's soccer was on there who went on to play you know quite a bit with the Canadian women's team uh, which is what had gotten me thinking about it during the World Cup and I thought you know gosh I hadn't thought about that name in a while and we used to write about her like when we first started the blog and because yeah, wasn't so- she she had a like a heartbreaking situation Sports heartbreak. Let's, wasn't she yeah. like an alternate? And so she got left out. She was like the either tw- the Olympics or the World Olympics Cup. Olympics or the yeah. World Cup. Where like yeah. she was with the team the entire way, like made the roster, went over there, and then was put on some sort of like alternate status. Yeah, like didn't get to play. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely tough. Um, one of those really close things. And and I remember seeing her play in a few like friendly games, or I don't know if they have like Concacaf qualifying or whatever. But yeah, leading up to the big tournament and yeah. not getting to play then. So, yeah. Um, so she, uh, this week we were kind of thinking, we put it out there, like, who would you think about that in the where are they now category? And Rob, we got an interesting response for our first one. I guess we'll, uh, what we're going to do is every week we're going to throw out a name. And if anybody knows where they are or has any good news about them, uh, feel free to hit us up on Twitter at Jamie Sports Blog or on Facebook or on the blog. 
and let us know. So Yeah, and this was funny. Like, we just kind of threw it out there in general, our lazy selves, saying, hey, what should we talk about tonight? And Mark Seelig, who now works for the Washington Post in the sports section there, who used to be the basketball beat writer for the DNR, mm-hmm. just immediately replied, like, for a random show topic, Ali and Doof, who, yes. who was a really solid role player under Matt right. Brady. But, yeah. like, it was just funny that, that Mark was thinking, like, oh, these guys are former athletes who you might not think about, but who had kind of a cool story. Um, so, I don't know, it was kind of serendipitous since you and I were literally talking, like, 20 minutes before yeah. about, oh, we should do that. So, I asked Mark if he knew where he was, and he said last he heard after graduation he was going to go try to play pro ball in France, where mm-hmm. he was from, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so, we're putting out a call. Anybody knows anything about Duf? Um who really was solid. Like, he gave a lot of good minutes, was kind of the consummate glue guy, uh-huh. which for me is, like, the best compliment you can give a basketball player. I mean, everybody yeah. loves to watch Kawhi or, or Steph, and obviously the, the big players. But if you're a guy who played the team and maybe played sports and maybe didn't have a lot of talent, like <coughs> me, <laughs> me? Yeah. you well, tend to gravitate towards the people that just kind of maximize their ability. And not to say he was not talented. He was a tremendously talented thing. Yeah. But he kind of got caught in that roster turnover where, AJ Davis was or were not was not going to be a big player, and then when he was, it was a guy like you who kind of saw his minutes fade, but was able to come in and knock down shots, play good defense. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if anybody's even for this is like a an APB on information for yes. a guy that we really used to enjoy rooting for, but honestly had not thought of one minute since, yeah. until Mark Mark mentioned it. Yeah, we said so. What we're going to do is after this week, we'll see what people write back. If anybody actually knows anybody or has a connection and can let us know, that's great. Or can not, Google better than well, us. Yeah, or, or can Google better than us. Um, yeah, we're hoping we don't have any like heartbreaking situations here. Yeah. Um, try to be respectful until we know for sure that someone's actually doing something. Um, please don't. As tempting as it will be to send us, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> funny things, um, try to let us know for real. So. Yeah, so you can go by Pale Fire in Harrisonburg anytime and mention the podcast and you'll get a free pint glass. So if anybody's down there this weekend for their long weekend, um, go on in the tap room and check it out. Um, our next part, we're on along those same lines with the where are they now. Rob, what were we talking about after that? Well, you and I were just chatting and mm-hmm. kind of thinking about everybody runs out the same sort of Rushmore-esque conversations when they're talking about Jamie sports and it's like mm-hmm. you, you hear you know the Brian Shore is Shore better than than Carly is Carly better than Riscotti and right who's we're thinking like what about some guys or, that we really enjoyed watching play but just kind of haven't not necessarily underrated but haven't really lived on the way that maybe we thought they they should have or would have if they were on maybe a better team yeah um things have grown to like hype of epic proportions the past couple of years where just the bar is set so high and right. we have so much good stuff to talk about the recency bias i guess but there are a lot of guys that are on that roster on the rosters under the last couple of mickey years uh-huh. I, I don't know how you feel but like yep. there was ridiculous amounts of talents there yeah. on, on those teams and some of those guys I don't think really get their due in terms of being outstanding football players or even just really good football players that history has just kind of forgotten a little bit Yeah, because we've been so successful and so spoiled as fans the past five years. Mm -hmm. So we're just thinking, not really a where are they now, but just having a conversation about guys that maybe we hadn't thought of in a while or looking back, maybe it's a shame that they just, you know, wrong place, wrong time. And guys that would be stars basically like, if you switched them with maybe the 2017 team or something like that. So. Right. 
Yeah. So who are you thinking of, Rob? Well, the first guy that comes up for me, and I talk about it all the time, so I don't know how underrated or underappreciated it is, but Daquan Scott, I think, is an all-time great JMU yeah. football player. <laughs> and he's just kind of people like, oh, yeah, remember that game? It was really funny. Uh, you know, he, he carried the ball, and we ran the Wildcat and beat William & Mary. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> right. The guy was a tremendous football player. I mean, like, I, I think his sophomore year, he, he rushed for, like, 1,300-something yards, mm-hmm. which at the time was – don't quote me on this, yeah, but I, a, I want to say top five all-time seasons at JMU. Yeah. I, I think he had another year with double-digit touchdowns. Um, he had some injuries, I think, his junior year, so he didn't play a full season, but still was around 1,000 yards, mm-hmm. then eclipsed the 1,000-yard barrier again his senior year. And those were kind of some lean years. Yeah. That, really that was have... the, the epitome of kind of Mickey ball. Yeah. It wasn't really dynamic. Everybody knew it was going to be him or Anderson, another oh. guy, Jordan Anderson. That was a one-two punch that – Man, it would have been oh, fun yeah. to see them. About Anderson, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine seeing those guys on like some of the, the Houston teams? teams? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. a really good offensive line. Right. It was just. It would have been. I think we'd be talking about those guys the same way we talk about Khalid Abdullah, or, or you know. Right. Something. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, one guy along those same time frame and lines for me was uh, Terrence Apted, mm-hmm. um, the tackle. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just – he was – I remember sitting in the stands with my dad in the 08 playoffs and just all he ever wants to do is watch line play. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, who is this kid? You know, who is this guy? And, uh, you know, Reed used to just get all excited about him. And, uh, you know, I think he's a guy – I don't remember. I think he got a kind of a rookie camp tryout or something at the next level, um, but no idea afterwards. And then, you know, we've gone on and had Mitchell Kirsch and some – you know, now we're in the um, – Liam Fornadel era. I mean, we've had some really good linemen kind of come along since then and forgotten a little bit about how great that 08 line was. And I felt like he was a guy who was the anchor of that offensive line in 08. Yeah, I think we kind of came to just maybe overlook how consistent the O-line play could have been or was for a lot of those Mickey teams. Yeah. Because when there wasn't that really dynamic quarterback, it wasn't the most dynamic offense. You know, it was yeah. three yards in a cloud of dust. But to be able to still, you know, move the yeah. ball pretty effectively and get those yeah, three yeah. yards yeah. when you knew they, they weren't going to throw deep or if they did, it was maybe like, you know, in the flat to the tight end. Right. We, got, we got a little bit spoiled there and oh, yeah. often overlook people. Yeah. Um, another guy that, that I would think, Griff Yancey. Another running back. Oh yeah, yeah. You know he never had like one of these lights out seasons or, or like, you know, twelve hundred yards. But he had a couple seasons in a row where he was in that like eight hundred to nine hundred fifty yard range, and just kind of as a guy who was never really the focal point of the offense. Mm-hmm. He's another one who I think, on a different team with maybe a more dynamic passing threat. Yeah, he could have been a guy that that could have gone for eleven, twelve hundred yards. Yeah. And that's, that's a good one. I hadn't thought about that name in a while, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, mine was on the defensive side, and I was just thinking about either of the – I was really thinking about Stefan Robertson. He might be a little bit too well-known for this category. Like, he probably did get his due. Um, and he, he had a big game against Virginia Tech, too. So right. And, he, and you think of it, you remember that game, and yeah. so it stands out in your mind. Um, but I, I feel like now, if, like, he's a guy that, like, if he were on the team this year – we'd be talking about a national player of the year candidate. Yeah. Like, a bunch, you know, if, yeah. if he's playing behind John with other, you know, with pass rushers in front of him, like Daka and guys behind him, like Rashad Robinson, I, I think we'd be talking about, you know, somebody who making, I don't 
an insane amount of tackles and, and just being around the ball all the time. Which he did. I mean, he, he was, did an, absolute, he, he was right. an end a sideline to sideline yeah. linebacker. Yeah. Um, and to see, remember freshman when when he was what was it a junior or senior? And Gage Steele was a freshman. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was Steele's second best year. Yeah, I thought Gage's freshman freshman year, year and senior and senior year, year were his were, best two years. Yeah, were amazing. Exactly. And freshman year, he was just kind of. I always imagined him just kind of shadowing Robertson and, right. and, and learning from him. And then it maybe took him, then he kind of was elevated to that, you know, premier linebacker maybe before he was ready, but yeah. he put it together his senior year and, and was like shades of Stefan. Yeah. He seemed like one of the guys, I mean, I think he was one of the guys like Jimmy who the, the transition, you know, coach to coach to coach. And when Houston finally came in, it really clicked for him again. Yeah, um, you know he was so talented. And he had such a motor. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know he had some injury problems along the way too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those are good ones. You have one more, Rob? Well, I got a couple more. A couple more. Actually, yeah, th- this was one that I was searching back to the to the stats and everything, and I can't believe I forgot this guy because he was one of my favorites when he played, oh. and I think it's maybe become a little bit overshadowed as JMU has become a little bit of like a DBU on the FCS level. Yeah, yeah. But these guys. You remember Jakari Jackson? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, do. That's that funny. guy was amazing. Yeah. And was just week in, week out, could absolutely, you know, tackle left and right, hard mm-hmm. hitter. Um, I think he had like seven or eight career interceptions, which doesn't seem yeah, like much. Then, when, no. Back then, but like that was yeah. that was right before Dean Marlowe when Marlowe had, you know, yeah. might have hit double digits. And now well, and the obviously. The game changed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you were saying, you had to be a hard hitter back then because everybody, I mean, that's what you did. At FCS, he could come and fill in the box. He could yep. play against the pass. He was really a tremendous player. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my favorites, I mean, I was kind of embarrassed that I hadn't thought about him in a while, but then it was also kind of like a nice surprise. When uh-huh. it's, like, it's like you whatever, you're a little kid and you find a new baseball card in your pocket or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nowadays, you find $50 in your jeans. Right. But it was like, I was like, I, I was getting all excited going back and it's not really a YouTube type thing with right. FCS football back then, but he was an amazing football player and uh-huh. somebody that, I, I don't know, it'd be, it'd be fun again to see him in today's game where there's more passing and he probably could have, um, I mean, matched up against maybe some smaller guys and, and definitely had the ball skills where he could have turned some heads. Yeah. And that's really – that would have been awesome to see. And that was kind of the same thing for me. So I'm going all the way back to when we were in school, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking – I hope I'm not embarrassing myself and getting the name wrong. But the, the, the other receiver besides Macy Brooks I think was Jay Jones, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. My, there was yeah. – my freshman year, there was a guy, David McLeod. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. was amazing. But yeah. he was gone by the time you came on board. Right. Yeah. And, you know, Macy kind of got the hype because he was a two-sport athlete. And we've talked about him before. And, and partially because we sort of know friend of a friend. We've sort of known him over the years, right? Yeah. And then, um, and then they had the tight end that was really good back then, too. Um, but Jones in the slot, I feel like, yeah. in, in a modern offense today, would have been much more like the David Eldridge type guy we've seen you know, or John Miller, like yeah. these guys we've seen the last couple of years that are, you know, really good at possession, but also can stretch defenses. And yeah. back then it was like, oh, we have this tall guy on the outside, so we'll throw deep there. And then occasionally we'll throw a, like a 10-yard hook on third and nine <laughs> to this player. Yeah. And that was the only thing that you did, you know? And I feel like there was so much more talent on some of those teams, late 90s, early 2000s at that position than, than the offense Jamie was running. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. It was kind of a weird weird situation coaching wise that was the is that the Alex yeah. Wood yeah. yeah I think that was Wood it was what post rip pre 
pre-Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the yeah. in-between. Because the yep. RIP teams were fun. The RIP, they were. <laughs> the RIP teams were just kind of slinging around. I remember, you know, my dad used to come out for parents week and get excited. And he was like, it was a great, it was an entertaining product. It's yeah. a shame not they didn't really fill it up other than parents weekend and homecoming. Yep. But those Collie teams with Macy. Those yeah, guys, they were, that's and, what I meant. That, those are the teams I remember. I think yeah. Ed Perry was he the yeah, tight end. Yeah, Ed Perry was the, that's what I meant. Yeah, he was yeah. the tight end. Yeah. I mean, they were fun to watch. It was one of those like, you know, we're going to try to outscore you 38, 35 type thing. But yeah, it was not a bad way to spend yeah, a Saturday. There was, there was a game, I think they beat McNeese State when McNeese was really good one year yeah. at home. And that was like, Super fun. Like, I think they came back from down a bunch or something, but yeah. No, it was but, entertaining football. Yeah, for sure. D- different sort of football, but entertaining. Yeah. Then I, I got a, a couple more defensive guys. Um, mm-hmm. Marcus Haywood, another oh, yeah. safety that we kind of forgot, but Jordan Stanton. That, yeah. That, that's a guy who I think, again, like, not necessarily underrated. If you look at the records, and he's, is he a Jamie Hall famer? Wouldn't surprise me. He was, Might but, be, yeah. But he was a, a really, Good guy could get out to the quarterback. I think he had a cup of coffee with the Giants. Was he maybe a practice squad? Yeah, guy. something like that. Yeah. And I believe he's maybe like a high school coach now. Yeah, is he from up here? Is he? I, I think I feel he like he's a Robinson, Robinson guy. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's yeah. maybe a Robinson guy. So that's probably I've heard probably but, more about him through the grapevine because of that. Yeah. yeah. I think he might hit double digits in sacks one yep. year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another guy. Just kind of through the fact that his teams never really went as deep as some of the recent teams. He's a little bit overlooked, but yeah. go back and look at his stats and it'll, it'll blow you away and give you some good memories. Yeah. It's, it's crazy too. just this whole topic. And I'm sure we'll get some responses from people this week. We were just thinking about like the Oh four, the some extent, the Oh eight. And then the last three or four years, these teams get remembered because of the playoff success, yeah. you know, and uh, some guys, you know, that's not a knock on those guys, but some of the role players on those teams end up having sort of more legendary, discussions about them than some of these other guys who which is kind of what you'd expect yeah you know? yeah it's, it's like do. a winner's game but but yeah. it's like other guys are like objectively better players right yeah but, but like even point. in like 2013 mickey's last year when they went what six and six and yeah yeah i don't think they won a home game there were still really good players on that team who, right you know and the, and the fact that mickey couldn't get them beyond 500 is why <laughs> why he's he not here to move on right um but like we we tend to remember the highs, just like I'll remember Mickey for his highs. Like, yes, I mean, oh Mickey, me too. That's what I mean. The O you know, four team, the O eight team, are the ones 08, I remember. Like, right, like yeah. Mickey. Mickey has a lot of of kind of positive headspace with me. Like I really like Mickey. I'm yep. not thinking about those down years or the bad records. I'm thinking about the you know the amazing comebacks in the oh, way yeah. the the kind of underdog you know road road path to the point to the championship, championship. in O four and things like yeah. that. But he was a great recruiter. Oh, and yeah. He assembled some really, really talented teams. It just didn't come together. Every no. once in a while, it just got a little stale. Or things happen. So, I mean, I think we've, we've got some friends who swear that the 06 team was Mickey's best team. Yeah. And, and that's the team that gets sent to Youngstown in the first round for ESPN. In a, you know, back in the day when it was a 16 Saturday night team. game. Yeah, yeah, and it was only a 16-team playoff field. So, like, the first round was a slugfest often. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't a lot of. You know, there, unless you got one of the automatic qualifier teams on the other side, everything else was a tough game right away where, you know, we look back at Withers losing to Liberty or last year Houston losing to Colgate. And we think those are flops where losing to Youngstown on a bad fourth down spot uh, on the first round was not brutal. Like, was a, down right. Spot. Was a brutal way to lose back in 
06 in a way that it wouldn't be today. So Or 07. Yeah. Was 07, the App State? Oh, yeah. The, the, oh, the fumble. It's just, it's, it's bad breaks, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not going to blame anybody. You're not going to say it was, I mean, people will complain about Mickey's aggressiveness, but I think you will. I love it. Probably I love in favor it. Of that. <laughs> it. It reached. It reached. Still would have won the game if we didn't fumble. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but again, like that's just that's a bad break. That stuff happens. The right. Ernest Biner type situations. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there, but for you know one bad bounce or one right twenty sixteen go with the other teams. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's tough. I mean, it, yeah, exactly. JMU definitely caught a chair of breaks in twenty sixteen. Same Houston State, you know, opening the game with a with a quick pick and then bouncing back and everything goes its way. So. Yeah. So, then one last guy I wanted yep. to mention, oh, yes. and, and I swear, no, 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 no. I could go on Good, go on. You remember Brian Barlow? Yeah, that's who I was trying to think of. I, that's exactly <laughs> who I was trying to remember. Everybody I thinks about Carson. Everybody no. thinks about no. Barlow was just a really solid kind of. It, I don't is two way tight end the appropriate term when right, you're right. somebody can block and catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just he thought was he just before or just after Carson. I think he's after Cawson. I think he's after. Yeah, yeah. And I think we've been kind of spoiled because Cawson was almost like one of these hybrid type. He was like a Daniel Brown before Daniel Brown. Correct. Um, but because of Daniel Brown and Cawson, you know, guys who played in the league, I think everybody just forgets about Barlow. I forgot about Barlow. Yeah. But he was a fun, just reliable kind of outlet receiver uh-huh. and guy that could get in the end zone. And he could get it down the running game, which is something – you had to do if you want to see the field under Mickey. <laughs> yeah, and the I old think... joke about you know wide blockers instead of wide receivers. Yeah, and same for tight ends. You know, you had to be able to block first. Yeah, I have a feeling that's going to be back for the tight end position this year a little bit with Signetti. Yeah, and, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay so, with that. I, mean, yeah. I saw Elon's offense last year, and I thought it maximized the talent. So sure did. They found... wins are wins. I'll take them. Yeah, they can they... run the damn wishbone for all I care. <laughs> that's right. They found plenty of open lanes to run the ball with that kid against JMU last year. Yes. So, so, so nightmares about 900 that yards rushing or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, um, well, that that's pretty much does it for our uh, pale fire football segment this week. Uh, Rob, we're going to move on to one more a quick off topic here. Uh, this will be the Mossy Creek fly fishing 4th of July segment. Yes. So, um, <laughs> Yes, uh, you can go by the fly shop in Harrisonburg anytime. You can set up a trip. You can set up your first lesson. These guys are really great with beginners. They're getting ready to be really good with this beginner uh, sometime this fall and pick up all kinds of gear there. I did get some new Sims, uh, like trunk, swimming trunks for for 4th of July week this week. Oh, you fancy. Yeah. Some high quality stuff. That's right. So go by and see Brian and Colby. They see them this weekend, actually. And, um, yeah, with that, you can get, you go by the shop and you, if you mention the podcast, you get a free Mossy Creek sticker anytime. So as you're getting your new coolers ready for the season, um, that's where you can pick up some decorations. So, and then I'll get some brookies in the park. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Rob. So what, what are you looking forward to this week in terms of your, uh, 4th of July menu? Well, my menu, I, I'm heading up to Rhode Island. Oh, um, fancy. All right. Yeah, fancy. My uh-huh. wife and kids drove up today. They're there for the entire month. Rough mm. life they're living. I'm going up for the week on 4th of July morning. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I mean, what I want to do for my 4th of July, since it'll be my only time in Newport, um, yeah. is lobster rolls for me. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And none of these Harrisonburg ones, although I'm sure they're great, but I'm not talking Bridgeport Harrisonburg. <laughs> the, 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 the dollar lobster, $2 lobster. In the no, so I, I would definitely like some lobster. And then my brother-in-law is, is you know, one of my closest friends, mm-hmm. obviously. I'm, I got very lucky in that department. Mm-hmm. But he's also a um, 
very big beer trader. So I'm sure he's going to have some nice treats for me of beers I've never heard of that are absolutely amazing. But if not, I'll, I'll probably just a Gansett or two. There you uh, go. A couple, couple Gansett tall boys. <laughs> for me. There you go. Yeah, well, I will be in the Sendo Valley this weekend. So I'll be doing uh, canned beer, gin and tonic, and barbecue chicken for the most nice. part. Yes, no complaints about that. I, I, do, I have heard some uh, legendary tales of this chicken. So looking forward to uh, this particular Fourth of July feast. Now, are we talking like barbecue chicken? Like I think we're talking like or a like trailer, like smoker, you know, catering oh, wow. trailer kind of a setup, like huge thing, like, like Hunter's dad type thing. Yes, exactly, like this kind nice. of thing. Yes, so um, like grilled, put yes, all the this sauce. is yes, nice. yeah, this is very much a uh, Shenandoah County field party. So yeah, well, very much looking forward to that. Yeah, that um, is a good party. And I actually am doing a um, seafood boil with some friends on. A different night of the weekend this weekend so that'll be fun too oh that's but, awesome yeah sort of our normal tailgate boil so that'll be good oh okay so yeah. potatoes shrimp, yeah almond. shrimp yeah corn yeah lemons well, old bay all that stuff yeah well my kids i got pictures from uh just driving up to rhode island today they stopped in new haven for what is it uh pepe's it's like one of the oldest pizza places like oh. it's tomato pie uh-huh you ever seen this they no excited, like it's just a tomato pie. It's no cheese, which everybody says mm. weird, but it's been around for like forever. And some of these ancient New Haven places. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't either. The boys said it was amazing. And if you Google <laughs> it, it's a big deal. And I was talking to a coworker and they mentioned that the family was driving up. And he's like, oh, I'm from New England. He's like, tell him to stop at Pepe's. Uh-huh. Like, All right. So, and whatever. It's on like yeah, Food Network no, or, cool. or yeah. probably Guy Fieri or one of these people. But typically, if people don't, you don't show up on those lists without having a loyal following. And, my two little pigs said it was amazing. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, because yeah. I think of pizza as a cheese delivery system, but. Oh, me, yeah. Right. <laughs> but but uh, that sounds good, though. Although oh. I had one, one in uh, Venice Beach at some restaurant that was just like a tomato pie, and it was okay. surprisingly good. I was very anti Jessica order, and I was like, no, no. it's like, it's not right. But It's just, just bruschetta at that point, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, but yeah. it was like pizza crusty. Right, so. right, right. Oh, that's but, good. And then also, what's your potato salad situation? I'm hoping. I don't know. I'm not in charge of this this weekend. So, I, yeah, you know how I normally like uh, to have multiple potato salad options. So yes. I'm certainly hopeful for that this week. I have a feeling that will show up on the fourth, if not the fifth. So, oh, yeah, we'll see. Kind of one of the two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. America. So, yeah, America. So good luck, women, tomorrow. Um, everybody have fun this week. Take care of yourselves. Um, don't drink and drive. You know, take care of yourself. Hydrate. Hydrate, mm-hmm. yeah. Have fun. Stay out of the lightning storm. Um, enjoy the f- fireworks wherever you are. Hopefully you get to enjoy them. Um, big thanks to Pale Fire and Mossy Creek. Hope to see some of those guys this week or soon thereafter. Rob, we're going to be off next week for you to travel with the family. Yes. And oh, we- and just real quick, speaking of fireworks, uh-huh. the big thing was I was heading up to Newport specifically to see the fireworks since mm-hmm. the family sees them every year and I don't. Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. ever in charge of the Newport fireworks forgot to book the pyrotechnics contractor Ah, yeah. So I assume somebody lost a job. So um, the Fourth of July fireworks, the first date they could get them was July thirteenth. <laughs> so you figure like, I, I, I got to imagine like it's. Uh, you've been in Newport, like you heard me talk yeah, about. It. Like, yeah, yeah, it's it, on the water. It's a big like people come from all over. New it's Newport. a big deal. It's That's a, a big problematic deal. thing in a town like Newport. Newport, yeah. like this is it's a tourist town. They make all their money in the summer. And, yeah, you know somebody. As they say, you had one job, and 
forgot to book Fourth of July fireworks for Fourth of July. So. Yeah, I mean that's like the mayor from Jaws keeping the beach open, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, it's still yeah. being yeah, it's, it's that bad, right? Yeah, that's that's problematic. All yeah. right. So, anyways, well, Rob, I will talk to you in two weeks, and I hope you have a great Fourth and safe travels. Yeah, hope everybody else has a great Fourth too. All right, go Dukes. Record.